everyone. Today is a great day. You are listening to the DMV Wedding Pros Podcast, and I'm your host, Abigail Cole from Abby Doodle Productions Videography. On this episode, I talked to Nikki Shell from Nikki Shell Photography. She's been in business almost five years now, and she prides herself in working with happy, fun couples who consider themselves best friends. She also loves dogs. She's introduced me to a Bernadoodle, which I will never unsee and will want for the rest of my life. Um, and it was so much fun to talk with her. Uh, we talked more about wedding timelines and how first looks and the traditional elements of ceremonies and receptions can uh, affect your timeline. So without further Further ado, we're just going to hop right into it. Hi, Nikki. We are so excited to have you today. Um, if you just want to introduce yourself. Hey, uh, so I'm Nikki Shell. I am a wedding photographer based in the Washington, D.C. area. Um, I have been in the biz for going on five years now, and I absolutely love it. I work with some awesome, amazing, really cool laid back couples. Um, and my work is just like super happy and bright and yeah, I'm super excited to be here too. Awesome. So when you first got into photography, did you jump right into weddings or were you photographing other stuff too? So weirdly enough, I got started straight out as a second shooter. So just weddings. I've never really done a lot of families or a lot of babies. I tried a few things when I started. I was like people I knew were having babies and they were like, do you want to take pretty pictures of my child? And I'd be like, (laughs) sure, I might as well try it. And it just like wasn't speaking to my soul. I loved the importance of wedding days. Obviously your baby photos are beautiful and important too. It was just like, I kind of work really well under the like enormous pressure that wedding photography brings to a photographer. Yeah. So I loved that kind of thing. And I also loved the idea of just being, involved in the wedding day. Yeah, I often forget how big our roles are, like in just in people's lives. <laughs> uh, and how what a cool job that is. So when are you typically finding that clients are reaching out to you? So people typically start reaching out to me like a year in advance, they normally know the day they're getting married, and they normally know the place they're getting married. But I'm normally one of the first vendors they're booking, or at least talking to. Um, once they have their date set and their location set. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, So I want to talk a little bit more about timeline, wedding day timelines with you, because um, like you said, they usually kind of book their venue and their photographer. And those um, two things um, are usually sort of the leading forces for the wedding timeline. So where do you start when you are piecing together a day of timeline for your brides or grooms? Yeah, sure. So when I'm starting to help a couple plan their timeline for their wedding day, I always start with their ceremony start time Mm -hmm. and how long their ceremony is going to be. And so this time might be dictated by their venue. Like the venue might recommend like everybody who gets married here gets married at 3 Mm p.m. Or churches. Churches tend to have like set times that they allow ceremonies to happen, especially if it's a Saturday wedding because they have the Saturday evening mass that is like for their parish or their actual community. Um, So the church might dictate it or something else might run the show. Like I have no idea. Grandma wants to be the efficient (laughs) and she's got to go to bed at eight o'clock. Who knows? There's like always sorts of little things that can like cause your ceremony to be at a certain time. But if there isn't something like that, Um, I always try to help my couples 
consider a few things before they set their ceremony time. And that's if they're doing a first look or not, Mm -hmm. um, what time the sun is setting, especially for my particular style of photography, because it's so bright and so reliant on like the sun being up in the sky. Um, and then also how long the venue is reserved for, because you don't want to have a 4 PM ceremony time and you have to be out at your venue by 9 PM. Um, especially if you're having like an hour long ceremony and then an hour long cocktail hour. And then you have the hour of serving food and (laughs) it gives you only like an hour to dance. Um, but I mean, if that's your style, that's your style. You only want an hour to dance. That's totally fine. But so I always start with, uh, what time the ceremony is and also considering the length of the ceremony. Yeah. So let's talk about the first look for a minute. So I know that first looks can drastically change a timeline. And other than the fact of either wanting or not wanting a first look for like what it is, there's a lot of like other things during the day that may dictate what's going to be best. So can you talk a little bit more about how the first look, um, if if a couple did choose to do that, kind of impacts the day? If a couple wants to do a first look, it really changes the landscape of how their day can flow because you get everything done before the ceremony, meaning after the ceremony, you can pretty much do just like a few extended family portraits Mm -hmm. because you don't normally want like all of your aunts and uncles and cousins showing up to your getting ready location (laughs) or the venue before the ceremony. You can do those extended portraits after the ceremony and that's going to take 15 minutes, we hope at most. Then you can go to your cocktail hour. Then you can just after that, you just get to enjoy the rest of the day. But if you don't want to do a, a first look, that means you have to do all the wedding party photos, all the couple photos, all the family photos, and the extended family photos after the ceremony, which is totally fine. People do it all the time. Mm-hmm. But it does take up a lot of the hours of the day. Yeah, and especially like the the size of the bridal party or if you yep. if you want like a million different combinations of family pictures, I know that's a huge factor. Exactly. So like the size of the wedding party can really change how much time your wedding party photos take. Like you can spend like 15 minutes on wedding party photos or you can spend like 45 minutes on them. For sure. Um, if you are doing a first look, you have the opportunity to also do like your Uh, your couple portraits beforehand Mm -hmm. so you can walk around town or you can walk around the venue and go to all these different spots and it really helps um, that variety and that you don't feel so squished into like oh we have to get this done before we get introduced Um, so it does it really does change the way a timeline can run And like, there's so many different things to consider about that. I had a couple earlier this year who the groom really wanted to do a a traditional, like not see the bride beforehand. Mm -hmm. But he also like was having all of his family come in from out of town and realized that the cocktail hour would be a great time to like sit and chat because they weren't having like a loud DJ playing he would be able to talk to his grandmother. He would be able to talk to some of the people who were, who were going to be leaving earlier. And so he decided to do it. And, oh, my God, it was the cutest first look in the entire world. <laughs> he cried. He was, like, almost, like, just, like, this – he, like, melted into her arms. It was adorable. Aww. I love it, me a weepy groom. Oh, my God. It was so cute. <laughs> but um, that, like – it was a hard decision for him to make to do that, mm-hmm. but because he 
did decide that, like, obviously, I'm not going to push anybody to do that. Sure. But because he did decide to do that, they were able to do every single portrait option available before the ceremony. Yeah. And then they were able to take the time um, during cocktail hour to actually enjoy their guests. Yeah, I'm a really big advocate for first looks. I think they have so many pros going for them. And I think like really the only big argument against them at this point is that it's non-traditional. But everyone I talk to say it doesn't take the um, magic away from that moment of walking down the aisle. Yeah, I, I hear that too. I'm like a big advocate for them. My my brother and his fiance are getting married later this year and they like are tradition they are more traditional of a couple but they're doing it um just to make the day go smoother yeah yeah and i'll also add to the bridal party uh conversation i think it also really depends on how cooperative your um your bridal party and your family is too because um larger groups can be done in a in a record amount of time if everyone's just like got a good goal in mind um but it's so hard to to rein in you know 11 on each side um and get everyone to focus <laughs> absolutely i am um, i always tell them to send i always tell my couples to send their family who's expected to be in photos like an email or a text message or note and be like this is the time we're doing portraits show up and smile or you're not going to be in the family picture <laughs> i don't Love say that. it that threateningly but like <laughs> maybe you should <laughs> <laughs> maybe i should um no i i, I am a little bit less uh, cranky about it mm-hmm. but i'm always like if they show up and are there smiling and on time and just like let me use my teacher voice at them. Mm-hmm. We can be done in five minutes. Like, and then you'll have those pictures and then everybody can go celebrate and dance and drink and do whatever the heck they want. So after the ceremony then, uh, I know that there's a lot of different variations of people, uh, even after cocktail hour, kind of like a first entrance, first dances, speeches, dinner serving. So is there kind of a method that you feel like is best to order everything? Because sometimes people cram it all in the beginning. Some people really space it all out. Um, Did you have like any opinion on that? So I do have an opinion and it also though depends on like what kind of reception and party the couple is trying to throw. If it's a party where they want their guests up and dancing the majority of the time, like don't interrupt the dancing to cut the cake, cut the cake before the dancing starts. Something of that nature. Like there's a lot of different like ways you can structure. Like obviously the first thing is going to be, you're going to be introduced, but if you can do your introduction and then your first dance and then your father daughter dance and then your mother son dance or whatever combo you get that like those core like special moments done and out of the way then everybody can sit and eat food then i typically say let's do speeches and then cut the cake and then dance yeah that's what i like that is i do a lot of couples who are very much into like we want everybody on the dance floor. We want everybody dancing and up and moving. Love that. Um, which is super fun. I love it. But you got to go through those kind of more traditional, like, what are the like ceremonial events of the right. day? Um, and if you can do a lot of that before the open dance floor, that's awesome. Because then you don't have to interrupt. The people are just getting into the mood to dance and like the DJ or the band is really working it and then they have to stop. <laughs> right. And it like totally kills the vibe just so they can play like, what's that song? I only came for the cake um, <laughs> or whatever this like sugar song is. Right. <laughs> um, 
So there's that. But I also have, like, again, it really does depend on the type of couple. Mm-hmm. I have couples who, like, aren't, aren't dancers and, like, they're only having 60 guests at their wedding. And the smaller weddings, some people just, like, aren't dancing. So the music is a lot more, like, background music to have good conversations. Yeah. And if you break that up to just have take a moment to, like, say, hey, the dessert table is open or the bride and groom are cutting the cake or the groom and groom are cutting the cake or whatever it might be, you want to make it flow and make it feel like you guys. And you don't want to make people, like, forced to be dancing. For sure. In reiterating what you were saying about how every couple is different, I will add um, that, uh, especially for videography, the Mm -hmm. toasts are so, so important Mm -hmm. um, to capture the entirety of, and um, almost 100% of the time, there's extra audio equipment needed to fully capture those speeches. So to do them before dinner is always amazing to get them out of the way. And um, especially before your vendors kind of sit down or sneak away to eat, um, to have all that stuff ready to go, or at least, you know, planned out in a, in a really structured way so that they know when they need to put their fork down and run back into the reception room, because it's been a close call a couple of times. Um, and we really got to be ready to get those. To get all the mics out and get everybody mic'd up and yeah. get the can like a lot of the times I'm working with people who have like three cameras, one that they're freehanding and two right. on tripods for the different angles, one of like the couple close up and one of whoever's giving the speech. Yeah. I can I, I only have to really carry around my one camera or my like harness with my two cameras. Yeah. Typically by reception time I'm shooting on one camera because my body hurts. <laughs> um, and also with your timeline planning, I always try to reach out to the videographers I'm working with to be like, do you need like any special portrait posing timer? Are you mostly going to just like follow the prompts that I'm giving the couples? Because like some videographers do want their very like specialized, like a lot of motion, which I can photograph, but isn't always like the shots that I'm going for. So like, planning out like okay we want to dedicate at least 15 minutes of portrait time to the videographer and at least 15 minutes of portrait time to the photographer like you got to consider that too for sure planning your timeline so yeah and I love that you reach out to people because I would say most photographers do not um and I think that's so important because I do think people forget about um, needing some different shots. Um, and most of the time it's, it's usually, you know, just hopping in between shots and we, we've got it covered, but Mm -hmm. that is like such an important thing to have your photographer and videographer really, um, communicate and figure out what's going to be best for everybody. Absolutely. It's, it really helps the day go like so much better. Um, but yeah, like speeches, luckily for photo, I don't have to set up all the video or all the audio equipment. Whereas, like, I can imagine, like, you need to know, like, the schedule of events. Right. Um, so so that's that's a good piece of advice. Like, hey, like, while the photographer should know this stuff, <laughs> it, it could be more important and more beneficial for your wedding video to also make sure that they are in on the timeline of events for the reception. Yeah, absolutely. I think during the ceremony, the photographer and videographer are both sort of walking on eggshells, but it's usually (laughs) not until the speeches are finished. I'm like, all right, we did it. We got all the audio. (laughs) Let's just dance and chill out. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. So another thing I think some people don't realize is factoring in that travel time between maybe getting ready at a hotel and then going to a church for a ceremony and then they're 
reception venue. Uh, I love when all those things are happening in the same place, but most of the time that's not the case. So do you have a method of working that into the timeline? Yeah, sure. So I do shoot a lot of church weddings. So typically the couples are getting ready at a hotel and then they have to travel from the hotel to the church and then from the church everybody has to travel to the reception venue or it's either like a hotel and then they can finally get onto the location of the ceremony and reception at the same place Mm -hmm. um but like a lot of the time there are restrictions for like okay well you can't get onto the property until 2 p.m or something and the ceremony is starting at three so obviously like there's considerations that need to be made for that but with travel time you just really need to build it in a a little bit more than you expect so it's a 20 minute drive from the hotel to the church you add in like 10 minutes because you're going to have to get all the bridesmaids groomsmen whoever out the door and into a car or bus a shuttle an uber whatever it might be and then get everybody like ready to go things take more time when you're traveling in packs of people for sure you're just then if it's just you and you're like oh it takes 20 minutes I'm gonna hop out and get in my car and drive there but like you have to make sure you have the flowers and the boutonnieres and like all the bridesmaids and make sure that grandma is on the the shuttle if she's supposed to be and like there's a lot of different factors that can slow it down then you also have to think about like traffic like sometimes in the fall, there's football games or um, marathons, or especially in like the DC area. Sometimes there's protests. Like yeah. you just have to really kind of consider what's going on. The other weekend, um, I had to text my second shooter a little bit early because I was like, "Hey, we're driving into Baltimore. It's Baltimore Pride." Mm-hmm. It might just be like a little bit more chaotic and packed and some roads might be closed. You never know. So like we just had to kind of think about, hey, we want to make sure everything's running on time and you never know what could pop up. Yeah. That is one piece of advice that I've started giving my couples is make sure that you look up what events are happening around your venue that day. Uh, I had another one in June where like, three days before the wedding, they realized that there was going to be a bunch of road closures for some event. uh, And that, you know, had to detour us a little bit. But that's a a really good piece of advice, too, just to like, make sure everyone is informed about what's going on. And if it is a weekend, and you're getting married on the Chesapeake Bay, uh, to, to, to really pad the timeline for traffic. Exactly. So I love to end each episode with something kind of uplifting and positive. Is there something along those lines that you'd like to share with us? A lot of my clients are just like the cutest people in the entire world. And I'm (laughs) sure every wedding vendor says the same thing. But one of my favorite things that I've started hearing on wedding days is right before they go to their first look or right before they go to the church, either the bride or groom says something like, let's get me to my best friend. I can't wait to see my best friend. It's time for me to marry my best friend. And I just love that. I love that uh, some of the people I get to work with are just like, they are each other's person in, in a romantic sense, but also like their friendship is so strong. And it's so just like happy to see. I just really love hearing that they also like, they consider themselves best friends on top of being just like, we're in love. 
Yeah, I love that. That gives me the warm fuzzies. <laughs> right? Like I love that. And it just it's so cute. Like, oh my god. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, that's awesome. Okay, cool. And then how about one pro tip for couples? So, this is something that I I tell my clients about 900 times. <laughs> Um, I tell them the week of the wedding. I tell them the day of the wedding. I tell them during their engagement session. Um, but at some point during the night, it's going to be a really hectic day. At some point during the night, go take a step away, like in a corner or in another room, somewhere where you can see everything and just look out into this room at all the people you love who are there to celebrate you, who are there to celebrate your love, who are there supporting your love and just like take it all in because this doesn't happen very often. I really highly doubt that all the people you love and really care about are in the same room that often and they're all there for you. So I really think like taking just like five minutes to soak it all in is really important. Absolutely. That's perfect. Uh, and then how about one pro tip for either other photographers or just other wedding vendors listening? So I know a lot of people go into wedding days like with a vendor team that they haven't worked with before. And sometimes it's people they've never even heard of. Um, but like really take a moment to introduce yourselves and like you're all working on the same team here. You're all here to sit, serve the same clients and you want them to have the best day ever. Definitely. Like that's what weddings are even pitched as like the best day ever. So <laughs> Like work together as a team to make sure that you're doing your part to make this their best day. And just remember that you're serving them and don't like, I don't know, just be nice to each other. Like, yeah. I think it's so important to work together as a team and like, it's just like, make it about them. Yeah. Yeah. I've heard so many horror stories and may have uh, some experiences myself with just kind of like vendors who almost try to get in your way and I'm just like we're both here to really make these people happy I just don't get exactly. the competition aspect of it uh so I I love that I think that's super super important to just all be on the same team exactly you're working for one goal and it's to make these people happy yeah um all right so tell us where people can find you oh okay so I'm on the internet <laughs> um let's see on Instagram my name is Nikki Shell and it's N-I-K-K-I-S-C-H-E-L-L. Um, it's like seashell, but there's a C in it. And then on Facebook, I'm Nikki Shell Photography. And on my, my actual website is NikkiShellPhotography.com. And I also have a blog, and it's NikkiShellBlog.com. And actually, kind of funny story about that, my last wedding that I shot, the bride uh, told me she showed the groom my blog, and he thought my last name was Shellblog. <laughs> Love so, that. So NikkiShellblog.com. That is so funny. Awesome. Well, thank you so, so much. I am, I'm so excited that we had you, and it was such a pleasure to talk with you. Oh, I'm so excited. Thank you so much for having me, too. Thanks so much for listening to the DMV Wedding Pros Podcast. As always, you can find all of Nikki's links in the show notes, including her Facebook, Instagram, and blog. Go and show her some love. We are on Instagram at DMV Wedding Pros Podcast, so make sure to comment on the post over there. Let us know what you loved about this episode, and if you have anyone in mind that you'd love to hear from, DM us. If you're listening on Apple, you can rate and review us and let future listeners know what they can expect and why they should tune in. Until next time. Bye.